Welcome back to the Waterboys podcast. I'm here with my co-host Josh. How are you today? Nikki Chu. How's it going, buddy? It's good. It's great. Great. It's good enough. That smile. I don't know. You I, sure? Yes. I just want you to hang off of my words right now. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Shut up. Uh, so, guys, uh, just a quick announcement. I, if you guys find that our podcast is a little bit too long and you only want to listen to a section of it, something that might interest you in the title, uh, we suggest you go to the to our actual webs, uh, website page on that's on our Instagram. Anchor. It's on, it's on Anchor. And if you click on our new podcast, it will show the different sections that we uh, talk about. So we'll always name them accordingly with uh, the title that we put out. And then that way you don't have to listen to our voices for 49 minutes. I know the last podcast was pretty long, but we decided to finally start doing it in sections so that people can, you know, click on it and then just listen to little bits of what might interest them rather than the whole thing, right? Because not everything might be interesting to them. Right, Nick? Right. I'm not that boring, am I? Well, I, I don't know. I don't know what people think about us. Um, yeah, they only hear the voices. They don't really see the face. Yeah, because I feel if they see the face, then that for sure they'd be like, "No, we're not clicking. We're gonna not listen to this." Can you can you not say it like that? <laughs> <laughs> well, I can't help it. Uh, anyways, what's on the agenda for today, Nick? We got four NBA teams, I believe. Okay, you want to name them off for me? What are we talking about? We're talking Utah, Houston, 76ers. And Brooklyn. Okay, you Almost forgot Brooklyn there. Okay. All right. So you, you lead this off. What do you want to start off with? Let's talk Brooklyn. Your favorite player, your leader, your man, Kyrie Irving. What do you think of his uh, comments in the media about his team? Okay. Which ones are we talking about? Because I saw... There's quite a few comments. I yeah, know. I know. Like, I uh, mean, the um, initial comment about his team missing some pieces what do you think oh and then the ones where he's just like picking out certain players about it you know these are probably things that end up pissing players off about him right that you're making these comments you haven't been playing and he made this comment after was it after one game was it after two just one, two, two, two games, games that he's been back so after two games he's making these comments they have a losing record with him playing. Well, they have a, regardless, they have a losing record. And he's just basing these comments. I, I feel like he should just stay quiet, not say anything. Keep it to yourself. And you know what? If you want to talk about competing and stuff, I think you should just leave it till next year because with just himself on the team, there's just no way they're going to be competing for anything at all. Like they, they definitely need Kevin Durant on that team. And uh, even then, I don't know how the how the complementing pieces are going to do. Because if you see, just with Kyrie Irving, they don't do as well as they do without him. Well, their record without him came back to normal, right? I yeah, mean. exactly. Uh, no, but like what I mean is that like the players don't show up, right? Like their stats are probably way lower they are without him than with him, or with him than without him, right? Because they don't get the ball as much. Now, could you imagine that with like Kevin Durant too on that team? I mean, given 
probably Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving have like enough firepower to score. I don't know. They could probably get each 30 points a game, right? Get 60 points, but you still got to worry about the rest of the team and see how much they can contribute also to the game. I mean, biggest question marks would be Karis LeVert. Spencer Dinwiddle or Dinwiddie? Dinwiddie, Dinwiddie. I, I can't get that L or I in my head. I don't know why. <laughs> my goodness. Don't, don't laugh at me. Then there's the pr- question of Tarian Prince. He's been a subpar player. Well, he's on and off, I feel, a lot too. He's right? really bad right, right now. Um, who else is it? Joe Harris is another guy. I oh, liked, he disappeared. Yeah. I liked how he was playing at the beginning or in that time when Kyrie was off. But then after that, I just feel like he did. Like I haven't seen as much squat as much, right? That's true. And my second question would be: How do you feel about his second media session where he's like defending his comments? Remember that one? I I did not hear that one. So just give me a run by of what he actually said. So the bridge version was he ran it by his whole um all of his teammates, and they all apparently agreed with him holy i i don't know i want to know who's the pr guy for Kyrie because he needs to be fired i I don't holy i i find it hard to believe that you're that players would uh tend to agree with him like yeah say that i would find that hard just because you want to you want to make your team feel united right well, whereas he's just saying, oh, only these players and me, and we're missing another player, all the guys you left out, they're obviously going to get pissed off. It's going to create division in the in the team, right? Um, if you're defending yourself by saying that, I, you know what? I think you should just stay quiet. Don't say anything. You know, just leave it at what it is. Just be like, yeah, I said what I said. Um, but don't try to defend it and don't try to... I find it. I just find it hard to believe that his teammates agreed with the, with those comments. I think with Brooklyn right now, do you think they're regretting their decision of signing Kyrie Irving right now? They probably will. To be honest with you, um, right now it's looking bleak. But I feel that once KD returns, and if KD is somewhat at the level he was with Golden State. I feel like they'll be fine with it because I feel like they'll be able to pull a lot more wins with both of them than just uh, Kyrie. My last question for Brooklyn. This year, do you go into the playoffs and just get experience for everyone? Or would you rather not go into the playoffs, take all that time off for everyone and come back next season and tackle it again? Um, see, even if they were to miss the playoffs, I mean, it just depends on what, what pick they would get. And from what I'm hearing a lot from this year's draft class is that the, there's like, uh, no clear number one. So, uh, I mean, you never know there, there might be some guy that pops out next season, right. And starts playing really well. But for now it doesn't seem like there's a clear cut. And it doesn't seem like there's uh, someone that stands out. So I don't know how good this draft class is to begin with. Uh, honestly, getting, gaining playoff experience never hurts, Nick. Um, I think together as a team, they've only made it, was it just last year that they played against, who was it, Toronto? Or, no, it wasn't Toronto. It was Philly. Philly, 
great. I think that was that's the only experience they've had as a team because before that they they were really bad. I remember. Um, before that was the super te- the failed super team. Yeah, so it, it's been a while. Like I said, if I were them, I would just try to make the playoffs. Uh, I know a lot of people that try to create a winning culture by starting off and losing a lot, getting a high draft pick and improving like that. But there's also good in gaining playoff experience, and that could help next year when Katie and Kyrie are together for once. I'm inclined to agree with you on that one. I think with Brooklyn, they're going to be on a... They're going to be in a win-now situation two to three years down the road. I mean, that's when Kyrie and Kevin's contracts are up too. Right. So you got a four-year win or three-year window. But I don't know if they can really beat Milwaukee. Even with like both of them on, I don't think they can take on Giannis and that group of elite role players. Yeah, they don't. I mean, you never know, right? But they, they got to be in the right mindset. I mean, you can't have what Kyrie did against Milwaukee last year, remember? I mean, there was points when he was trying to guard uh, Giannis. I don't know if you remember that. But you can't have dumb moves like that. Like, you actually got to be playing smart. You got to have everyone joining in. And He punted that series. Yeah, I guess. I, I mean, as a Lakers fan, you love that. But, like, as a fan in general, like, you want – you want to see them trying to beat the other guys, right? Because that's you got to love the competition in this league, right? But like I said, uh, they're they're definitely gonna need the playoff experience, and in order to beat Giannis, to be honest with you, I I, only, I, I think only Philly can really beat Giannis because they got the size, they got everything, they have a wall, exactly, and that's something you don't have with uh with Brooklyn. Especially, you don't have the guy to guard him. Nobody. Right? I think it's just Philadelphia that really has that power to do that. Oh, they have Simmons. They have Embiid. They have quite a few players. Yeah. It's like like in their make, right? A defensive team. While I would say Brooklyn is definitely way more of an offensive team, right? Especially since, I mean, KD's not bad defensively. Um, He's not great with shorter matchups. Right? Yeah. But... I mean, he's he's no he's he's not terrible, but like you can you can't say that about Kyrie. Kyrie is not known to defend at all, and you can definitely take advantage of him, right? Yeah, he's a negative there. So uh, I can see where what you mean, but uh, I guess that it all depends on what happens this year. And you never know how how long does Giannis have left on his contract? Till next year. Till next year. So there's a lot riding on this season, right? And and going into next, because uh, if Milwaukee doesn't win anything, I mean, do you have another situation where when a, a star leaves a big, uh, small market team for a bigger market? I feel like if Milwaukee do make it to the finals, though, I don't think they'll win. I think I don't really like Bud when he coaches in the playoffs because he's very stubborn to make those adjustments. Yeah, we've seen that over and over again, right? Yeah. With, uh, saw it with Atlanta uh, when they had uh, when they were firing on all cylinders, and they got whooped by LeBron. And they got whooped by LeBron, and then you saw it last year. Uh, they 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 ended up losing to uh, Kawhi, right? Uh, but with Brooklyn, I don't know if they have that competitive window within two to three years. They need to move a few pieces for sure. I think DJ is a great 
glue guy in that locker room. Yeah, he's getting paid a lot too, though. Right? Yeah, but you know what? You still gotta have Joe Harris incorporated. You still gotta got Spencer, Harris, Prince. I mean, you still gotta incorporate these pieces. What a leader does is he defines the role for everyone, right? Right. And you play your role, and they play their role, and you come together as a team, right? You smooth out those differences, and you play to your strengths, and you make sure if you do have weaknesses on either end, you try to cover them up. I mean, this is why LeBron's number one in my eyes. And you know what? Neither Kyrie or KD have really ever done that in their careers. And KD says he's number one akin to lebron i'm like no 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 there's really. no way no no way there's no way. he is at least five planets away from lebron and there's nothing wrong with that right no i mean lebron is lebron's like lebron's Je- all time right you he's a i can't i'm not saying that kd isn't all time but not at the same level as lebron um yeah but that being said man um i think brooklyn are gonna i feel like they might regret that they signed uh, both players just because uh, I don't think it's going to lead to a championship, which is what everyone ends up wanting, right? I think Golden State was his best years, to be honest. Same with Kyrie. I think his LeBron years were her best best years. Yeah. I mean, Kyrie's definitely a better as a second player than your, than your first option. For sure. And KD, he just... I mean, he was he was leading Golden State to wins, but at the same time, if you look at the different players he had on his team, I mean, if it's it should be a lot easier winning, right? Speaking of which, we're gonna talk about their playoff opponent last year, the Seventy Sixers. All right, so you have questions about the Seventy Sixers. What is it? Seventy Sixers. Do you think they're better off trading Joel Embiid or Ben Simmons? Easy, Joel Embiid. Why? First off, he's his uh, his injury history, right? He's had a history with his knee problems. Never seems to be in shape. So, especially for a big guy, knee injuries are pretty bad, right? Because you have all the weight of your body onto your knees. And the fact that he doesn't want, or I don't know if he wants to get in shape or what, but I mean, you can see the guy's gassed like late into games, right? You can see that he gets gassed. Uh, so at this point, you're telling me, would I rather take it with Simmons or with Embiid? To be honest with you, I would take it with Simmons and just try to get whatever I can for Embiid. Because at the end of the day, I feel like you'll have a longer career or a longer career with Simmons. Simmons has shown that he can play offense. He can play defense. He's the leader in steals this season for in the NBA. And at some point, this guy's going to become the best defender in the league. And he, if he can just, you know what? I don't give a crap about him having a three-point shot. He doesn't have to have a three-point shot. Just get a jump shot. Shoot mid-range shots. I don't care what it is. Just open up the floor a little bit. Um, but yeah, like one of them has to go on this team. Because they have to open up the floor, right? There's just not enough shooting on this team, and everyone's crowded around. Uh, I was watching the game yesterday against who were who was Philadelphia playing? Can't remember who. Philadelphia. Chicago. Yeah, Chicago. Right, Chicago. Sorry. Um, 
so they're they're in the post, right? Um, Simmons is in the post. He's trying to back up his his guy, and you know what Al Horford does? He comes down and he's trying to set a pick, literally like six feet away from the hoop. Like, what the hell kind of thing is that? And then what do you call it? I guess Ben took the took the what do you call it? Took the pick, but then they called foul. But even after they called a foul, like you could see if they let that play continue. Ben Simmons was not going to have any more space to go to the hoop because there was someone already waiting for him. So my point is, is that as long as both of them are on that team and Simmons isn't willing to take a shot, I think that they're eventually going to have to think about trading one or the other. And I feel like they should do it before one of their, uh, one of them diminishes in, in, in terms of return, right? And I feel like that would be Embiid at most, the one they would who, who would get less in return if his uh, injuries start to get worse. Okay, here's my trade proposal to you. Embiid for Cat. Do you like that? Ooh. Damn. Look, I would entertain that trade, but if I'm looking at it from Minnesota's point of view, I'm pretty sure you could get something else. Or at least you got to get some draft picks in there, just because if if that's the case, like, what are you? You're giving up a guy who can shoot the three pointer consistently. Something MB can, right? You can guy you get an overall player that can play like everything on offense. On defense, he's a little bit lower. Oh no, <laughs> on defense he's a little bit lower, right? But in terms of giving getting that up straight up for a trade, I would still, if I were Minnesota, I would ask for something else like draft picks on top of Embiid, even though it seems like a pretty even trade off, right? That's true. Sorry about that. My, uh, you know, Asian dads never knock. <laughs> this guy. I'm sorry. Uh, but but yeah, that that would be my thoughts. What about you? What what, what do you think about that trade? Embiid, Matisse, and maybe one more player for Cat. And someone of Minnesota, I think that's a fair trade. Yeah, I could see that too. I could see that. I could see that too, especially if Matisse is involved in that. I think that's a fair trade. Another great defender, right? Yeah. Well, you're never going to get superstar for superstar, but in this case, it is a superstar for superstar. Basically. Right. And I think Cap fits way better than Simmons. With, with Simmons. He would, because he doesn't have to take over the key, right? Yeah. Like, you got, like, he'll be out of the way and Simmons can do his thing. And then... Probably Cat will have the partner in crime he's always wanted, right? right? So, Instead yeah. of uh, being stuck with uh, Wiggins over Wiggins. there. And then even that would be an interesting uh, dynamic between Embiid and and, and, uh, and Wiggins, right? I don't think it works. Who would that work? No. I, I, no, no, I would no. have a hard time. If anything, I would think that probably Embiid with a little bit of that fire he got from uh, Butler last season. I feel like he would be blasting Wiggins quite a bit, right? Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm not sure that 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 tr- that would work out between both of them. And I just have a hard time believing that Minnesota would uh, would accept that trade, even if they were to get Matisse Leibold out of it. I, I still feel like they would get them. They would get uh, the short end of that trade. Uh, they definitely would, because in terms of fit and talent, I think Cat's way better. Yes. I think defensively, of course, Embiid's a lot better, but 
Philly has enough defense to cover for him. Oh, yeah, they have enough. I mean, you already have Horford for it. Might as well just go straight. I mean, that that could be a uh, – even even if they do get rid of uh, Embiid, I feel like they still have enough to guard uh, Giannis, right, in the potential conference finals. Well, you still got Simmons, Horford. You throw anyone in one of them. Yeah, right. You can still, you can still create that wall that they've always created around. I think 76ers aren't that – in a better position, to be honest, I think come playoff time, any team that plays them, they're gonna have a rough time with them. They're gonna have a hard time. There's so much length around, and playoffs, the games always slow down, right? This yeah, is not the regular half season. Court. They're half court games, right? right? And that's what Philly is good at, right? Yeah, they're gonna beat you down. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, I mean, I don't discount it. I don't discount them out of it. I said this in the podcast, like probably like two weeks ago, when you were sick. I still think Philadelphia is going to be the team that comes out of the East. Yeah, even though they're even though they're pretty low right now. What are they? Six. Six. Right. But they're not that far off. They're two games off of second. Right. Three games. Something like that. It's really tight in the East. And I feel like they're as much as it's it hasn't worked out a lot between both players Embiid and Simmons. They're still missing Embiid, right? They've they 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 they're playing really bad without him. Uh, Chicago was giving them a hard time yesterday. Yeah, even Chicago. Yeah, so uh, you can see there that they're still missing Embiid, right? Yeah. I, you want to do the next team now? Who are we talking about next, bro? Utah. Utah Jazz. They got their 12-game winning streak snapped, or was there it? There was a 10-game winning streak. 10-game winning streak snapped by a superhuman effort of Ingram, which is fine. It's going to happen, right? But besides the point, Utah's snuck up to the second seed or third seed, second I think. I think they're. I'm pretty sure they're second now with all those games that they pulled off. Uh, I'm pretty sure. No, they're, they're oh, no, third. Denver would be second, so yeah, it would be third then. Yeah, third. Yeah, third. Sorry. And during that winning streak, they had Joe Ingles starting instead of Bogdan. Yes. And Conley's been out too. Yes. So what do you think has been the problem for the Jazz in that rough start? Do you think it's the schedule? Do you think it's the players? Do you think Quinn Snyder changed something? What are your thoughts? Okay, so for the slide that they had, it was a little bit of everything. It was not just one thing. Uh, like we, we talked about it at the beginning of the season. This team was going to have a really rough start to the season because they had – they had basically they were facing all the contenders, the Clippers, the Lakers, uh, the Rockets. And they were just like every single week they were facing a contender, basically, right? Then you have the problem that you've brought in new players, mainly Conley. You inserted him into the starting lineup, right? So we think, oh, now now uh, they're not so slowly depending on. Donovan to get their shots off, right? They're not solely depending on him to create offense. But even that partnership has taken a little bit of time and and it's fine, right? I mean, it, it always takes time to create partnerships. And then on top of that, uh you have Ingles who you can tell, definitely tell, he likes it better when he's starting than when he's on the bench. But as much as that might be a thing, I also have a belief that the loss 
of a certain center that they used to have last year. Uh, his pick and roll buddy. Derek Favors. Exactly. His pick and roll favorite buddy. Uh, the, the fact that he lost him and they never really replaced a guy who could roll to the rim with him all, coming off the bench. Uh, that hurt him too. He wasn't able to create plays. Um, he wasn't shooting that well. It's just a bunch of things, right? And as soon as they insert him into the starting lineup, what ends up happening? He basically becomes, I would say, the second point guard. Because if you notice, Nick, during this uh, stretch, the stretch, he was the one that who he was the one that was starting the the offense. The so ball, he's the initiator. Yeah, it was going through him. He was getting the ball. Sometimes I even saw him dribbling the ball down down the court. And then he found a new pick and roll partner in uh, Rudy Gobert. I mean, perfect pick and roll partner because holy, that guy that guy can roll to the rim. And some of the passes that Joe Ingles gets all, gets to uh, Derek or not Derek Favors to Rudy Gobert, they're really nice. And it's just been working as it's been a perfect partnership. His shooting has been has impressed or has has improved. And next thing you know, the, it's helping out the Jazz. And not only that, but they've also had a really easy stretch, right? Where they're facing a lot of easy teams too in their schedule. That's true. Do you think moving forward? They're one of the dark horse contenders. Do you think the pretenders? Do you think this is a deep playoff team? Uh, I feel like it could be a deep playoff team. I think it has it, it has good players coming off the bench too. Uh, they recently added Jordan Clarkson. Oh yes, and he's been a really nice piece coming off the bench. If you've noticed, right? He's been he's been doing his thing, at least from the games that I notice, and I know stats. Uh, might be a little bit miscued, but I think as soon as he came on, uh, I think they started off nine and zero, I believe, and then uh, with that loss yesterday, with the record with him was nine and one. Now, can you? My question to you would be: Do you keep this starting lineup? What do you do when Conley comes back? I think Conley goes back to the bench, or yeah, he goes to the bench. He never went there. I think he goes to the bench. I think him and Clarkson start up that. Second unit. That second unit. Uh, now, another thing that might be a problem with Connolly is the fact that he is not used to this typical pick and roll partner where Marcus Gasol was uh, pick and pop, pick and roll. The guy could shoot outside, right? And then Connolly can do his thing going driving to the hoop, right? But now, is there a problem spacing there in terms of him and Gobert going at a pick and roll uh, style, and the fact that he's his shooting has been really bad this year, right? His three point shooting hasn't been that great. Um, do you think there's a problem there between having him and Gobert start too? Might that have been one of the problems that they had? I think this is my personal opinion. I think if you're a great player, you can adjust to your personnel. So I always say, when I play basketball, KYP, know your personnel. That's why whenever I play with anyone, let's say you, right? I know you can do a bit of everything, so I'll give it to you in your spots. Or let's say Leon, who likes to do the running hook, right? I'll mm -hmm. give it to him in his spots. I think with Conley, I'm no NBA player, of course, but I think if Conley, he can really make this work because he is a good player, right? But this Gobert is very limited, and you you have to do with what's given to you. 
right? That's right. If he can only roll, then you got to find those spots where you get those openings and just shoot it, right? If you're not comfortable, then of course you're going to practice on those spots. But I think he's a he's a good shooter. I think these numbers don't do him justice at all. I think he's just having a really hard time finding his rhythm in there. Yeah, and I also find it weird because last season, his last with Memphis, uh, he was having a, a revival of sorts, right? Because he, he went off with Memphis last year. Uh, it's just I find it weird that as soon as he came onto this team, he's he's having a hard time again. Uh, I get that he's with new personnel, and I guess we got to give him his time, right, in order for him to finally find out uh, how to play with him. My problem is that I just hope it's not too late before he actually starts finding his group with the team, right? Because uh, especially how they're constructed right now, they they should be able to at least make second round. I would. I say. think second round easily. I think they can dispatch of Houston this time around. Right, because if uh, I think if, they they'd go to fourth, well, you know, the fourth fifth matchup. Right, right. Those was a coin toss. Yeah. So if they were if they were to meet. It would be the Rockets, and as we've seen, what the last two playoff seasons, uh, the Rockets have their number, right? But this season, it's you know because of Tillman and his cost-cutting strategies. I mean, the team they have on that floor right now is not great. Right, their record is better than what they are. Right, I think they're a seventh seed, but they're playing like a fifth seed right now. Well, you also—it's also the fact that you have. Harden and he's just killing it right now, right? He's just on a on a different stratosphere, just scoring at crazy levels. That him and Westbrook right now, right? they're like they're carrying this team, right? Uh, but here's here's the problem: once the playoffs starts, is a different animal, right? It is, and, and both of them don't perform. Yeah, and that and especially with with Westbrook now, right? I mean, he's he's driving. He's uh, his shooting's not that great, but like he's a type to be pushing as soon as uh, as soon as the stars are or starters are stub, subbed off. You bring in the bench, and it's basically Westbrook and all of the bench players from the Rockets. And what what Westbrook likes to do is he pushes pace, right? He pushes the pace. He pushes as much as he can. Push and kick out, right? But I don't know that you can do that in the playoffs. I don't think teams are going to allow that. And right now, the way the Jazz are playing too, they are one of the best. Uh, are they the best three-point shooting team in the league? I think they are. I believe they might be. So I think I think they are. I think they're the best shooting three-point team right now. So when they get into that, man, I feel like they'll be able to lock down Westbrook. And kill them on offense too. Exactly. So um, I feel like they have a really good chance this year. I finally making it to the second round. Uh, I just hope they actually take it this year. Speaking of Houston, that's our next team, right? Yeah, you want to get into that then? Yes, let's get into it. Houston Rockets, our last team. We said four teams, right? Yeah, we had four teams. Okay, fourth team. This is our fourth team. Houston Rockets, their fifth this season. I have a few questions for you, Josh, since you're the basketball aficionado. My, I'm not going to number them, but I'll give you a few questions. Do Westbrook and Harden make it work in the playoffs enough for them to go all in? All No? No. no. 
uh, like I like I was previously saying when we were talking about Utah, it like I said, they it's a half court game, right? Westbrook again when when it's him and a bunch of uh, when uh, when they switch off and put on the bench and him, uh, he likes to push, likes to push the ball a lot. Uh, it's not gonna work in the playoffs, and. You know, as much as people like to bag on Harden for for this not working out, for them not being able to make the the finals, for them to uh, what do you call it, lose against Golden State with the fact that uh, they were injured and they weren't able to take advantage of that, just like Golden State took advantage of Houston when Chris Paul went down a, a few seasons back. I feel, you know, how you feel about Bud? Yeah. I feel that way about uh, Dan Tony. He's real. He does the same thing every single season. Every single season, he'll stick with whatever works for him, and it's really hard for him to change that up, right? Uh, I feel like at some point these guys are going to have to get someone else in there to coach, and I hope by then it's not too late and that Harden's. Uh, been able to be at least be coached by someone else who can bring different ideas, and maybe that'll help them put get over the hump and finally get to a finals. But to me, as much as everyone likes to bag on Harden, it's really not his fault. It's a style of play, and obviously, as a player, you're going to be taking that style of play, right? You're getting all the shots, you're getting all the glory, you're making all these points, you're breaking records in, in terms of point scoring, but at the same time. D'Antoni has to come up with variables for these guys to finally uh, get over the hump and probably make a finals for once, right? Uh, it's a shame that maybe we won't see Harden again in the finals. I mean, maybe the only time we will ever see him was in that uh, Oklahoma City Thunder Miami finals in 2012. 2012. Yes. My next question would be, what are, what are they missing right now on that team? How many pieces are they missing? And what do you think they can get in the trade market to help rectify this team? What they can get in the trade market is nothing. Let's be honest here. What do they have to give out? Uh, they don't really have the draft picks. If I'm not mistaken, they don't have a first-round draft pick coming up this year for, for this year's uh, NBA draft. Nope. Uh do any of the players they have right now intrigue any teams? I highly doubt it. The only guys that I see of value are maybe Westbrook and Harden, right? But you're not going to get rid of any of those guys. Uh, I mean, also another thing that really bothers me about this team is as much as people say Capella is good, but like I see him disappear sometimes in the playoffs. I don't know if that's just me or if like everyone else sees that. But I feel like he 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 disappears a couple uh, in a few key games. He'll have easy dunks and maybe he'll fumble the ball a couple times here and there, right? So that's another thing. Maybe someone else to help at, at the center position. But in terms of what they need, I just I, they need some somebody else coming off the bench. I feel too. I I, I can't trust their bench really. Uh, do they? Do you know if they have one of the best benches in the league or not? I don't believe they do. Right. I think Milwaukee might have that. Yeah, Milwaukee might have that. 
but uh, definitely something coming off the bench they need because uh, as much as they try to stagger the the minutes in between Westbrook and Harden, just so that one gets a chance to play with the bench and they don't lose as much uh, value when both of them are off, then yeah, definitely someone that comes off the bench would be something in my mind that they need. Do you think they need a three like Robert Covington maybe? Yeah. That's a bigger version of PJ Tucker right there. Yeah, I know. And and pretty helpful too, right? Especially on the defensive side. Roko's no no slouch coming off the like being a defensive player, right? Uh but yeah, that would be that would be a tremendous help. But in terms of that, I think in order to give Westbrook and Harden a bit of a rest, maybe someone who can create offense for the team coming off the bench would be great. That's a huge ask. I know. And it's just hard to, it's hard to find. Right. But at, at the same time, it's like, they just don't have enough coming off the bench either. They need, like, they don't have anyone that's really consistent. I mean, can you name, can you think of anyone coming off the bench that's consistent for them? Ben Lackamore? Yeah. Can you really trust him coming into the play, into the playoffs? Not really. Right. He's a journeyman, right? And I don't, I, exactly. So he's never been in the playoffs too. So, uh, yeah, I feel like they just, <laughs> they just need a little bit of everything, to be honest with you. I think they need a three and a four, maybe another two. Right. It's just the way they've gone through business getting players out of the buyout market, um, just taking their chances on on any player they can, right? Re- reclamation projects, I mean. Exactly. And it's going to catch up to you eventually. All right, I and mean. Especially these, giving up all those draft picks. This cost-cutting strategy hasn't been working out well for them. I think my final question to you, do they request, excuse me, do they regret this Westbrook trade next year? Next year. Um Yes. Why? They will. Uh, and again, it's it's the fact that you look at what Chris Paul is doing right now in Oklahoma City. He's just killing it. You can see that he can still he he's still the same Chris Paul as before. Gets to his spot in the clutch. He's making shots. Everyone was saying how he lost a a, a step but he's seemed to be able to uh, adapt to what to what he still has. Still a good player, can still defend. Well, with Westbrook, you have a lot of money on. And to be honest, with the way he's playing, do you really think you can get much for him? No. Right? Whereas right now, Oklahoma City are, are just laughing right now. They're like... We're going to get some of these guys some playoff uh, experience, hopefully, if they keep going at the same pace they're going on right now. Uh, Shea is a sponge. He admires Chris Paul. He's learning a lot from the guy. So on top of that, they're they're getting some of their players some knowledge on ways on how to play the game. And then Chris Paul, at the end of the day, next season they can be like, you know what? Screw it. We're going to go in total rebuild, going to get rid of Adams. We're going to get rid of Chris Paul. Uh, probably by then they've already gotten rid of uh, Gallo. And then next thing you know, you're getting a whole bunch of good uh, assets for Chris Paul. Because the way he's playing, any contender that needs a point guard, that's where they want to go, to Oklahoma. Miami. 
exactly miami <laughs> we keep going back on miami that would I be think, amazing i think that's the perfect trade partner i think if you can give up kendrick nunn who else is on that team there's a lot of players that are nine. You got Robinson. I think Robinson would go too. Robinson. Um, probably Goran would probably go. Goran Dragic too. Justice Winslow. Justice, yeah. So like you got all these guys that any team would be crazy to have, right? Yeah. And you just send it and then you just show up to Oklahoma and be like, this is what we're going to give you. And right then, Chris Paul going to Miami, that's a good contender right there, right? Though uh, so, I mean, they have... On top of that, they have Bam at a bio another year. Could you imagine how how much better he might be next year? So that's I mean, a contender in the East, right that's away. A contender in the East for Miami, right? I would I would love to see that. Uh, but like again, for sure, I for sure I would say that uh, that Houston will regret that they got rid of Chris Paul, and not only that, but I think they will maybe also regret not hiring a different coach because like i said again mike d'antoni i feel like is a one-trick pony that's very true i think houston they're in dire straits right now i think this is the last year before they gotta blow it all up you think so they're gonna blow it up that much i think they're gonna blow it up i mean you're wasting harden's prime at all right, guys. Uh, with all this being said, uh, another episode of the Water Boys podcast. Uh, Nick, thanks for recording. Thanks for having me over. Uh, appreciate you. Thanks for everything. Also, guys, follow us on Instagram at Water Boys Podcast. Water Boys with a Z. Also, don't forget to look at our uh, website on Anchor. Again, you can listen to segments of our show rather than the whole thing. So you won't get bored of us. And thanks for listening, everyone. Goodbye.